Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hello, welcome back. This is Chris from the Dads with Daughters podcast. I am so excited that you are back with us. We are here, as always, to bring you guests that are going to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. And today, I am excited to be able to talk with Paul Jones. And Paul Jones is a father. He is a businessman. He is a he's doing a lot of different things we're going to talk about today, but he's also gone through some pretty interesting changes since his daughter was born, uh, to be able to be a primary caregiver at different points during the month while his wife is working far away from the family. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how some families do have to pivot, how you in your life, you may find that there's going to be some times where you have to make some changes. And in those times of change, you find that you have to Find out who you are, and you have to figure out for yourself kind of what makes you tick. And Paul had to do that for himself and had to really redefine some of the aspects of who he is. So we're going to talk about that today. But in but first and foremost, as always, we want to get to know Paul as a dad. Paul, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you and be on the show. I'm excited to have you here as well. You know, first and foremost, I always love to turn back the clock and talk about that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad with a daughter. Tell me about that experience. That was such a wild experience. And uh, I love that question. So backstory to that, my wife and I actually were trying to have a child for three years. So, I mean, every month it's a roller coaster. Did we get pregnant? Did we not get pregnant? Et cetera, et cetera. We've been doing it for a long time. So, you know, no month was ever more special than the next month, especially when you're going three years into it. And the moment that I found out that I was going to have a daughter was quite interesting. So I'm actually out mountain biking up in the mountains. I'm, I'm going up the mountain. I'm pedaling hard. I'm working really, really, really hard. And so the mountainside comes up and then you've got the valley down below. So everyone's living down below. And so I, I take this quick break and I'm breathing heavily and I can hear like a birthday party going on in the neighborhoods down below. And so I I look to see if I can see the birthday party and I look down the mountainside and I see it's, it was so odd. I, I saw this pink balloon just floating so carefree up the mountainside and it got caught in this tree right in front of me. It was so crazy. I got goosebumps and I just knew in that moment, you're going to have a daughter. Like your wife is pregnant and you're going to have a daughter. So I was kind of spooked out. I, I texted my wife and I said, Hey honey, I'm pretty sure you're pregnant. And she's like, no, no, I'm not pregnant. And then the next week she became pregnant. And I'm like, honey, it's a girl. I know it's a girl. So we waited 15 weeks. We went into this place called Fetal Photos where they'll take an ultrasound and tell you the sex of the child. Sure enough, it was a girl. And I just, from that moment with the balloon, I just knew that that's what it was going to be. I mean, to be fair, you got a 50-50 chance. So your odds are pretty high that you're going to guess right. But at the same time, it felt pretty cool to to go into that being like, this 
beautiful little baby is going to be a daughter. And I was so excited. Yeah, that is an amazing story. I mean, to have that experience and then and have that really come to fruition, to be able to, to see that first image and to be able to experience that. And then, and then having the experience of then having her in your arms. And as she's getting older, it's, 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 I can only imagine the joy that comes with all of that. Now, as your daughter has gotten older, there are definite moments in our lives as fathers that are not always the easiest. And as your daughter is three right now, and I know that she's got many years ahead of her. But as, so as of right now, what would you say has been the hardest part of being a father to a daughter? The hardest part for me is navigating the role that I need to play with my daughter. And because she's my first, you know, kind of going into my story a little bit, I didn't really have a father figure growing up from my teen years on. So I didn't really know how to navigate that world or what that looks like. So I'm kind of playing everything by ear at this point, but, and I'm also the oldest in my family. So I'm kind of always leading the path, right? So I can remember when, when she was born, we were so happy. And my wife is the most amazing mother ever. And growing up until they're about three, she was about two at this point, a year and a half at this point, I'm out with a really close friend of mine. We're in a business meeting. And before the meeting started, I just said, Hey, he, he's, he's had five kids. And I just said, hey, I think my daughter hates me. He's like, what are you talking about? And I just said, anytime I hold her, she wants mom. She just wants mom. She has no interest in me. And I'm trying my best. Like I want to connect so badly with my daughter, but I'm not doing it. I can't do it apparently the way that she wants it to be done. And so I'm just worried that I'm losing connection with, you know, self-catastrophizing. Like it's, all, no, it's all going. So uh, anyway, he sat me down. He kind of laughed a little bit and he's like, trust me, Paul. At three years old, it's going to get really fun. And she is just going to absolutely adore you at three. But yeah, these early years are a little bit harder. And he was 100% right. We're now in a stage where it's just absolutely a blast to build that relationship. I remember those days when your child is so young and you do what you can to connect, but there's always going to be that stronger connection with the mother of the child, especially if they're breastfeeding, if they are working, if they have that even closer bond, but but just the fact of gestation, you know, and, and right. having the connection that way, they have a different bond with that child. But, the, but your friend was right. The bond that you have only grows from there. And as long as you are engaged, as long as you are present and have a interest in the things your children are doing and are there for your children, that bond is only going to keep growing. But you have to put the time in. You got to put the time in, you got to put the effort in, and you've got to be willing to be there, be on the floor, do have the, do the things that your child loves to do and be able to to make those those memories so that they want to spend time with you too. So definitely good advice from your friend. Now, what would you say has been the biggest fear that you have as you think about your daughter growing up in society today? When I found out that that, it, that we were having a girl, I was really excited because I think today in today's world, there's so much opportunity for women. And there's so many things that are just catered for women to break through their glass ceiling and accomplish so many things. And so I was actually really excited. However, I think a lot about prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And so the things that I fear is, what are the tools that my daughter's going to need to be successful in whatever she wants to do? What are the challenges that she's going to encounter on that road that I can help her 
to overcome those challenges. We all have glass ceilings that we kind of have to break through, but I want to give her the tools to break through every single one of those to achieve what she wants to achieve. So I never want her to have like a a limiting mindset. I want her to be able to come into life and say, you know what? I can go into this industry that is maybe even more male dominated. And that doesn't matter to me. It's not something that maybe I even think about, but I know what challenges I'm going to encounter and I'm ready to encounter those. So giving her the fortitude, the strength to be successful and to dream big is kind of what my focus is. But in terms of my biggest fear is how do I as a father actually help her do that? Am am I doing it the right way? And so, like I mentioned earlier, I had a, a father that had mental illness and, um, it's kind of a dichotomous relationship because as a kid, I have the best memories with my dad that I could have. I actually don't hold any animosity for him leaving our family because my memories with him were so great as a kid. But then the the second half of my you know life at home, I didn't have a father. So I didn't have this template to really follow. And so I have this like deep seated, not it's not deep seated fear, but I do have this fear that I don't know what I'm doing. And so I have to kind of discover my own path and I have to think and I have to read and I have to figure out what is the best way for me to make sure that my daughter grows up feeling confident and having, you know, so many kids today have self-esteem issues. And that's that's a big issue that we see in, inside of social media and cyberbullying and all those things. So what what can I do as a father to help her so that when she leaves our house, she's going to leave it with self-confidence to navigate the world. I think that's the biggest thing I could give her, but how do I do that? And and uh, how can I do that consistently over time? So I want to delve a little d- deeper into that. You talked about your father not being there and struggling with mental illness and going into fatherhood without a template in front of you. And I think a lot of dads are like that in regards to not the same situation in the sense of a you know absent fathers or you know mental health issues or things like that, but coming into fatherhood without a template. Now for you, you had some more roadblocks that you had to figure out for yourself or surround yourself with others and talk to people that, like you said, are, you know, that, that have been there or done that. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, before we get into some of the, some of the changes that your family has gone through, talk to me about that transition that you had to go through and some of the learning that you had to go through early on to be able to, to develop a roadmap for yourself that was different from your own father that allowed for you to be able to kind of find the direction that you wanted to go as a father? I like that question a lot. In fact, as you were asking that, a a specific story came to mind. So right out of college, I worked in residential treatment. And basically inside of these residential treatment homes, they're very expensive. So you have the super wealthy sending their kids. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars a month. And these kids have all these different issues. So I was a mentor. So I would help the kids transition from school to after school to homework to putting them to bed and in terms of holding grounds and and keeping rules and and all of these things. So boundaries, I was kind of like the boundary master, I guess. But during our sessions, during therapy sessions, we would often do group sessions. And so as mentors, we got to sit in there and I can remember one specific group session. And this was a residential treatment home for boys between the ages of, I think it was 14 to 18 or something. One of the boys was was reading a letter from his father about why he was in the residential treatment facility. And the letter was from his father to him that he was reading aloud to the group. 
And his father in the letter was explaining to him why he was never there. So it was, hey, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you growing up. I was working really, really hard because I wanted to give you a good life. And so as he's reading this letter, I'm I'm looking at his face and he is 100% crestfallen and feels rejected by his dad. Because really what he wanted was he wanted his dad to be there. He had anything that he could have wanted. He had access to money. He had all the toys. That any, so anything, any status element that would help elevate him with his peers, he had. But at the end of the day, he was deeply hurt by the fact that his father wasn't spending time with him. And I can't remember the details of the letter, but I do remember that the letter, it was very obvious that this was just an excuse. And this was an excuse that that boy had heard his entire life. Oh, I'm not there for you because I'm trying to provide money so that you can have the life that I didn't want to live. And so my takeaway from that was, you you said it earlier, actually, Chris, was I need to make sure that I'm spending time with my kids. And one of the most important things I can give them is making sure that they know that I see them, that they're here, and that I'm here too. I'm here to be with them. And so that was the first time where I realized whether or not you had a father that was there or not, I actually think today we as fathers are, are even challenging what we think traditional fatherhood was supposed to be, which was fathers go to work. They're not very involved in the child's life and they don't really know how to raise a child. And so they're kind of this person that's over here. And I think that the trend today is saying, hey, how do we challenge that traditional mindset? And so, like I said, whether it's my my story or a lot of father stories, I think a lot of us are in that same position where even our father role models may not have may not have been doing the things that we're, we might be trying to do, which is being more involved. I agree. I think that a lot of us have have moved into different types of fatherhood and, and no type of fatherhood is the same and no type of fatherhood is right. However, I think what we find, at least what I have found personally, is going into becoming a father. One of the things that I knew was I wanted to be more present than my own father was. My father worked really hard to provide for the family, but also he made a career that he was well known in his educational career. Um, however, that also meant he worked long hours. He was a principal. He was a he was a coach. He was I mean, he he put a lot of time and effort into his career. And while he was always a great dad, he even says now, I wish I had been more present when you were growing up. And we have a great relationship now. But that always said to me, I want to make sure that my children don't say that, that my children say he was at my activities. He was there. He was present. He was he would do things with me, you know, that and and my hope is that that all dads are able to find that time to find that ability to be able to to invest in their own child to be able to like you said to be able to know and be able to know them well enough to be able to be able to be a part of their lives in that way now you talked about some of the formative things that kind of led you into fatherhood even before you were a father and i made a comment at the very beginning saying that things have changed. Your daughter's been been uh, alive now for three years, but in those three years, your family has gone through some changes. Right. And to give some context, and I'll let you give even more context, but um, to give some context, Paul's wife works many miles away from, from her family. 
And, and because of that, for longer stretches pe- period of time, Paul is now the primary caregiver of his daughter. And that was a switch. So, Paul, give me a little bit of context there about about what led into that, and then what um, and some of the things that changed, and the things that you had to learn as you were moving into this new type of parenting. Yeah, sure. So, my wife, we actually just calculated the distance. She's amazing, and she wanted to design her life so that she could be an amazing career woman, but also an amazing mother. So. When you look at that dichotomy, oftentimes I think women feel like they have to choose between one or the other, uh, which is what she's reported to me. But so she was like, I I don't want to feel like I have to choose. I want to have both. And so we've had to get really creative in how we have designed our lives. We live in Utah and every third week she commutes 3000 miles away to a state to work for five days and then she comes home. And so we've been doing that since uh, our daughter, Grace, has basically been born. So since she was very, very young. So we co-parent on the two weeks that we're together and then I run solo the week that she's gone. I mean, when you're 3000 miles away, and and a kid's sick overnight, there are no other alternatives than to just deal with it yourself. (laughs) So I was basically thrown into this. And we have a great support system. Our daughter goes and sees grandma and grandpa all the time. And uh, we have a fantastic support system. So that's that's been really helpful. But being thrown into this portion where I have a lot of friends who are my similar age. And what I've noticed is a lot of times, like my wife will go and hang out with some of her girlfriends, but her girlfriends will have to leave and go home early because the husband just sent them a text and said, hey, my our, our kid is having this fit and I don't know what to do. And then the wife is like, ah, he's overwhelmed. I need to go back and I need to go rescue him essentially. For me, at least what I've experienced in life, that seems to be the norm. But when your wife travels that far away, that's impossible. And so when we first started doing this, especially when, uh, when Grace was so young, I had so many questions, you know. Nurturing comes intuitively, I think, to women and and to men. I think we still have that, but it takes a minute to find that and figure it out. And you kind of have to go through the routine a little bit to start to read the body language of a baby. But in the in the very beginning, it was like getting thrown into a fire where, oh well, you know, you've got the hospital, you've got an emergency situation, and then you've got everything leading up to emergency situation that you as a parent have to take care of. And so I could call my wife on the phone and, and we could you know collaborate that way. But at the end of the day. Anything that would come up with our child while she was gone, I had to be the one to take care of it. And that put me in a really unique situation where I had to kind of gain confidence in my own parenting style and gain confidence in my ability to to read my child and and ask the questions and be the support person for her that she needed me to be. So you've been doing this now for, for a while. And as you said, since your daughter was born and, and really made this transition in, what would you say as as you've gotten into this and gotten into a routine, what have been some of the, I guess, the favorite moments that you've come to have now with your daughters during those weeks? And and what is the thing that you still struggle with mm-hmm. in regards to, to not having your partner with you when you are by yourself? My wife and I have taken on different roles. So she focuses a lot on the education piece. And, and I've been really heavy in the outdoors my whole life. So a river guide for several years, uh, worked up at summer camps for a really long time. So the outdoors are 
mean a lot to me. And I think it's important for kids to, to go outside. So usually on the weeks that my wife is gone, my daughter and I will go do something outside because I feel like I have to take on that outdoor education uh, po- portion. And recently I just started introducing her to rock climbing at the gym. And so her and I will just go to the gym. She'll, she'll climb and we'll boulder together. But I've got this, this full body harness for a three-year-old. And favorite moment was a first time I took her to the gym, just watching her climb up that wall with no fear inspired me because I was having some business issues at the time, business problems I was trying to think through. And just watching her courageously going up to these heights that she's never climbed to before in her life and having full trust in me was this really, really powerful moment. And so just these, you know, daddy daughter dates that I get to do on a daily basis when my wife is gone, those are really special because we are forming a, a bond that is unique for us in our relationship, which is, which I love the, still the challenging thing is, and, and I don't know how this happens every single time, but every single time Grace is sick, it's always when my wife is gone. So I'm dealing with kids not sleeping all night or do we need to go to the hospital? Do we not need to go to the hospital? So worried. And, and so my stress levels increase substantially. But those have been really good learning moments because they've helped me develop this confidence in my own decision making and being able to recognize that kids are really plastic and I might be overreacting and I just need to take a step back and, and breathe a little bit. I, I, I might be, you know, a little bit of a hypochondriac where it's, oh, they have a cough and they're not sleeping tonight. What do we do where they can barely breathe? But being able to go through a couple of those sessions independently on my own, because I now have the background history of doing that, I know that going forward, I, I'm getting better at, at reacting in, in a way that's that's not freaking me out and is just like, oh, this is kids. You know, this is parenting. This is kids. And you just have to be their support system. What would you say are, are things that um, that you know you still have to work on in regards to to being that engaged or that dad that you want to be? There are days when you just you feel like you're not doing a good job as a parent. And there are days when you feel like you're just crushing it as a parent. I feel like that list could be so long. But for starters, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm working on now is, is helping my daughter understand the emotions that she's feeling and helping her process those emotions in the moment. A lot of times going back to this idea of figuring out what your parenting style is as a father, I think is really important. But then you have to figure out now that I know what my my parenting style is, how do I need to react in certain situations that's going to help her? So I take on more of a disciplinarian role in our relationship and in my parenting relationship. And I feel like that's important for me that my daughter, because I worked in residential treatment, I saw how boundaries can really help a kid uh, and setting boundaries and holding kids to those boundaries. And so I take on more of that disciplinarian role. And my wife takes on more of that nurturing role and she's really good at at processing emotions. But when she's gone, I I have to fill both of those voids. And so when you are the disciplinarian and there's the nurturing person isn't there with you, you have to play both. And so I have to constantly pull myself into both of those situations. And and that's something that can be difficult sometimes, you know, Uh, especially when you're trying to work and and be a parent, those lines can get really great and hard. And so it's just trying to navigate, what does my daughter need at this point? Does she need me to kind of back off and, and just be there for her emotionally? Or does she need that boundary 
set right now so she understands like this is a boundary that you need to respect. So understanding where to push it and when to not push it and when to be there and when not to be there is something I'm constantly learning. Now, for another father that is potentially looking at some changes like this, where he is going to have to be at home and be at home by himself and and his partner in life, the mother of his child, is now no longer going to be there during some period of time. What would you say to that man in regards to making that transition to be able to be the father that he that he wants to be in the future? I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try new things. And, and I think 100% that, that you can absolutely do it. I think a lot of times for me, it took me a long time to gain confidence in my parenting style and in, in the boundaries that I do hold because, you know, Sometimes, again, as a, if I'm playing the role of, of uh, discipline, sometimes I, I can notice and say, oh, I've, I've, I've pushed that too far or I held too much of a boundary there. And, and you know what? That's okay. So being able to forgive yourself and just say, you're learning along with your child. You're learning with your child and you don't have to be perfect. Um, and so if there's a fear of trying something, I would say, challenge that fear and just forgive yourself and and move on so that you can try new things. And that's the only way I think you can really grow is, you know, you love your kid and you know, you want the best for your kid and you're not going to make the best decisions all the time. And sometimes you just have to sit your kid down and say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened. And I'm sorry that, that, that I did this and, and we're going to do better next time. The other thing I think would be compartmentalizing. So when you're spending time with your, with your child, make sure, and this is another thing that I can struggle with where even when my wife's gone, I'm still running my business. And so it's really hard when you're doing calls because you're, you're ever present, at least in my situation, I'm present, but I'm not present. And so being able to signal to my, to my child, I might be, we might be eating lunch, but I might be on a phone call that that's not really being there for her. So I need to make sure that I I've, what I found works really well is setting aside that time, those daddy daughter dates or those, those portions of the day where everything else is blocked off and all that matters is her has really helped us build our relationship and has made it so that when I do need to hold a boundary or, or when we need to move on in our itinerary for the day or our agenda for the day, and she doesn't want to, that she knows that I've spent specific time with her and that she's part of my world, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. But I just think the biggest thing is don't be so hard on yourself and, and realize that you don't have to be perfect either. You're, you're learning along with your daughter and you're learning along with yourself. So just being open to that and, and knowing that you don't have to have all the right answers, I think, is the biggest takeaway that uh, I've learned in the last couple of years. Well, Paul, we've come to a point where we are coming to an end of our talk today, but we always finish our interviews with what we like to call, or what I like to call, the Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. You ready? Yeah. So in one word, what is fatherhood? Love. When was a time that you felt like you finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? When she was a baby... I could recognize her cues. She, she couldn't talk, so I could recognize her cues and what she needed and how she was communicating. Now, I know your daughter is still young, but how would you want your daughter to describe you as a father? I would want her to describe me as adventurous, supportive, 
fun-loving, and always there for her. Who inspires you to be a better father? I would have to say my father-in-law. He is very supportive. Um, I've been able to reap the benefits of him raising an amazing woman. And seeing how much affection she has for him is something that I want to achieve with my kids. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? The advice I'd give to other dads is take the reins. Give your wife a two-week break. Tell her to go on vacation and take on the challenge of being a sole parent for a little while and reflect on that and identify what you learned so that you can build your own confidence and find your own parenting voice and identity. Diving into that a little bit, I think that creates empathy for you know motherhood. I and mean, I also think it creates an amazing opportunity to build really cool relationships with your kids. Well, Paul, I want to thank you for being with us today. If people want to find you, find out more about you, what you're doing, where's the best place for them to find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Paul Jones, and you can reach out if you'd like to my email. It's paul at bridgewell.com, bridgewell without an E on the end of bridge, bridgewell.com. Sounds great. Now, I will put a link in the notes today for everyone to be able to find you. I really appreciate you being here and I wish you all the best. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. And thanks for putting on such a great show. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be